You're listening to Counterculture on RCR. Yeah, Reality Check Radio. You're with Counterculture here on Reality Check Radio. I am Marie, and joining me now is Catherine, who reached out to us several weeks ago through inbox at realitycheck.radio, and she has a very interesting story to tell. And good morning, Catherine. How are you? Oh, good morning. Yeah, um, I'm well. You reached out to us, and let us know why you contacted us. Well, with all this woke stuff going around and all these so-called trans people jumping up and down and what triggered it basically was the disgusting way that um, Posey Parker got treated. That was just appalling. I just need people to know that in my informed, slightly informed opinion, these people are suffering from a social contagion. This shouldn't be happening. The problem is that it's it's become a self-generating thing in our universities and schools and spreading and it alarms me. People do need to know that there is a condition called transsexualism and it's of genetic biological origin. Every fetus, when it's formed, if it has a Y chromosome, it has the potential to be male. The default condition is female. If nothing happens to it, you get an XY person born with a completely functional female body. Often they don't find out unless they have a karyotype test. In my case, it was only partial. I did have some physical abnormalities, but they weren't particularly gross. This one was one you couldn't see, which was in the head, in the brain. I was just wired to be a girl. We're just going to back up a little bit for our listeners. So this is your unique perspective because you are somebody who is genuinely wired to be a female. But Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so walk us through how that started for you. Well, gosh, it's a long story. Um, <laughs> looking back on it, I was a quite strange little boy, I guess. I tended to keep to myself and I always got along with girls much better than boys for some reason until puberty hit, which was a total nightmare, of course. It is for people like us because we always hope that it'll somehow come right, but it doesn't, of course, you know. So you do what society wants you to do and you do the best you can as you do if you, I mean, I was lucky. I had a very, very happy and loving home I grew up in. So I didn't have the trauma that I know some people like me that I know have been through with parents that um, were very intolerant of any deviation from what they saw as strict maleness, you know. I was allowed to pretty much do what I liked, you know, so I could iron and sew and uh, I tried to teach myself to knit, but I wasn't very good at that. <laughs> I also did, did guy things as well because all my peer group did, you know. You get along as best you can. I mean, I grew up in the 1940s and 50s in post-war Britain, and it was a fairly constrained society in that sort of way. I did wonder at one point if I might be gay, but I'm not really, because one's sexual orientation seems quite an independent thing from your actual self-identity. It seems to me to be that way, because it's so hard to look back on it, because... You know, how do you remember how you felt in that abstract sort of way, you know, 40, 50, 60 years ago? It's it's hard to say. I got through life, I actually, I was married for quite a long time. I have three children and that eventually um, didn't work. I don't think I was ideal husband and father material by any stretch of the imagination. But 
anyway, once I had no dependence, you know, um, my children were grown and, and had, you know, were completely independent and had lives of their own, I was able to sort of look to myself and, and find out if the feelings that I had had any real foundation. In fact, you know, one does a little research, talk to your doctor, go and see a psychologist, make sure I'm not nutty. <laughs> and I and I found out, I discovered much to my delight that there is actually a reason I felt the way that I did and that's a limited something could be done about it. I've got the same gender that I was born with. I haven't changed my gender. Nobody can change their gender. So the concept is ridiculous. Um, I've got the gender that I was born with. All I've done is make my old body fit it a bit better and that makes me much more comfortable every day. That must have been a tremendous relief to find that out, Catherine. <laughs> it was actually because I, I, felt, I felt alone. I always felt that I was sort of outside of life looking in on it, if you know what I mean. I always felt sort of isolated. I was never able to really contact with people on, on an emotional level like I can now. I'm closer to at least well, two of my children anyway. I'm closer to them now than I've ever been because they know who I am and so do I. And that's cool, you know, mm-hmm. and just bless them because it must have been very hard for them. I'm not sure how I'd have handled it if my father had done what I did. I'm not sure they'd have handled it at all well. So, you know, the, the, the condition actually springs from, you know, way before you're born. It's the fact that, you know, my, my zygote was not, well, it had androgens delivered, but the genes that control your sensitivity to andro- androgens in the womb are on your X chromosome, and everyone has one of those. And mine are lazy, and they didn't respond properly to it. So I had some genital abnormalities, and I had this girl-wired brain when I was born. Um, but the genital abnormalities were very small and were obviously not remarked upon, but they were there. You know, quite often it goes as far as a condition called hyperspadia, which, you know, usually needs surgery to correct it. But, you know, I wasn't that bad and everything seemed to work. And uh, as I say, this was 1942. (laughs) Different world then, you know. Oh, and how old were you when uh, you sort of went through your transition? I was, I started it about 24 years ago. Yeah, quite late in life, you know. I sort of waited till I had no other entanglements with people because I knew that it would be a difficult thing. And if I was in any kind of relationship with anybody, um, it would be devastating for them. So, And I didn't know what could be done, you know, um, how much it would cost. Yeah, (laughs) you have to wait till you're in a a social and psychological and financial position to be able to do something about it. Oh, absolutely. And that's incredibly selfless of you as well, you know, to consider all those other factors. Well, having children is, is a, it's a contract. I was taught on my mother's knee that your word is your bond. It doesn't matter if it's on a document or if you signed it or not. If you give your word, you keep it. I took my vows very, very seriously. So, you know, you fulfil those before you do something for yourself. Mm. That's just just the way I was raised. I guess I had wonderful parents. <laughs> um, just the kind of person I am, I suppose. I've, I've always thought that, you know, one's personal integrity is one of the most important things in life, you know. The thing that seems to be lacking so often now is, is honour and integrity. What happened to it? It's gone the way of those daily social protocols like please and thank you and let me hold that door for you and all the other little things, the, the, the grease on civilization's axle. You mm. think, what, 
what's happened to everybody? I certainly can agree with that. I mean, good manners can get you a very long way. This woke thing that's going on, you know, with all these ridiculous pronouns, you know, all I can say is these people, the vast majority of them, I'm sure among them are, are a few people like me who are wandering around in bewildered circus wondering which way is up. Look, we have statistics about this. About one in 30,000 people are like me, male to female transsexuals. So in New Zealand, there should be around about 170 of us, my mental arithmetic tells me. Um, some, of course, will be babies. Some, of course, will be old people. So there'll be even less than that in the middle. Where are all these hundreds, thousands of people claiming to be trans of some sort coming from? And I think they're the victim of a social contagion where you can suddenly be special by claiming to want to be the other gender. I believe in America, in some schools, 10% of the children have said they want to be the other gender. Well, that's ridiculous. You know, there's going to be some very unhappy young people when they find out what they've done to themselves and it can't be undone. And, you know, I, I only know two people that managed to learn the right narrative and talk their way through the old filters that we had 20 years ago that everybody demanded be dispensed with. And both of them are dead from suicide. Neither of them, as far as I know, had any surgery. They'd just been on hormones for a few years and then tried to knock it off and they just fell apart. Mm. And it was dreadful. It was dreadful. You know, poor guys, they, they just got this thing in their head and they managed to tell the right lies to all the people and, and get through the system. But um, And I know a few people that got rejected by the system, you know, got very irate about it. But as I said at the time, if I have a delusion, I want to find out about it and get it fixed before I do anything permanent, like getting my plumbing rearranged, you know. So where's people's rational thinking their objectivity you know you've got to you've got to be objective about yourself and i know that's hard when 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 it's deep emotional level where you're right down at self-identity and and i think a lot of people possibly don't have the intellect for it but i don't know i, I try not to judge my fellow beings harshly but some of them do seem awfully unthinking you know mm. um what do you do what can we do about all these young people that are all self-righteous and, and full of indignation about, you know, the way the world won't accept them as they are. Well, we are a sexually dimorphic species. There are basically two genders. Um, there is a very small number of people who are truly in the middle, one or the other, and they've got the weirdest chromosomes, XXY, which is Kleinfelter syndrome. And there are dozens of others, but uh, they're very, very rare birds indeed. I don't know. How do we... How do we break this cycle of generation when even schools are not telling parents that they think their child is what are they call transgender. That word transgender, in fact, was coined by a drag queen, funnily enough, who called himself Virginia Prince many years ago. And I think was trying to get a little bit of the cred that transsexuals had and that's what that's when they that's when the word came into being i don't mind being called transsexual or even a tranny i don't mind that's what i am you know how can we get out of this Marie, that I, I, is the question of the ages, Catherine, and I know that it's certainly something that keeps me awake at night, not just in for trans uh, ideology and gender ideology, but also racial ideologies and you know, oh, the critical race theory and, oh, and all people. of that. Yes, and exactly. the government's encouraging this. Yeah. 
do they want people to hate each other? We had a country where everyone was equal under the law and we all got along and, and a few of us were a little bit different. Oh, that's okay. I mean, the, the women's spaces, I mean, people like me have no business in women's sport. None at all. Mm. You know, and as has been proven with, with people like um, Leah Thomas, the swimmer, and, and, and others, men and women are different. Once you've been through male puberty, um, you can't undo some of that. God, I wish you could. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't, you know. I'm fairly fortunate. I'm only five foot seven and a half and not built too much like a brick outhouse, so I don't frighten the horses too much. But nevertheless, you know, what are people doing? Why, why do they... All of, all of these people that are in women's sport are men that are, weren't very good as men and that they, they seem to... Mm. Want to, want to go and beat all the girls? It's going to it's going to wipe out women's sport if it's allowed to continue. And I, I believe the International Athletic Federation has said anyone that's been through male puberty can't enter mm. women's sport. And people, well, that's that's at least in athletics and track and field. But um, I mean, there's plenty of other sports where men and women compete on equal terms. You know, my, my favourite thing, which is you know, um, shooting clay birds and, and and targets and things. Having been an instructor, um, girls actually learn it very quickly and become very good at it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, people are so unreasonable, you know. I mean, just because us, what I call us old school trannies, we'd reached a, a pitch in society where we got our transition done, we merged back into society kind of on the distant side. I've, I've been invited to women-only groups. They honour me probably more than I deserve and accepted as one of them and there you know but there are limitations to that of course there are and sport is one of them you know I don't I don't want to be in a, in a communal changing room and have someone disrobe and you know I don't want to see willies um, dangling around I don't care what they think they are you stay out of places like that mm. If you really think you are really transsexual, well, go and do something about it. Short of going into a women's toilet when, you know, before you've had your surgery, and I had to do that, um, whereupon you, you behave with the utmost decorum, and I never had a problem. Because um, in a women's toilet, nobody knows what's in your pants because you're in the store. And, um, yeah, so I, I never had the least problem. But I'm expecting now that, because I'm not too hard to read, I'm expecting now that, you know, I'd likely be thrown out of such places, you know, mm. because of what's been going on. And I can see why, you know, mm. these people are, what do we do about it? How can we change it? Well, that's one of the goals that we have here with Reality Check Radio is to continue to have these courageous conversations. And hopefully, mm. as you said, people aren't thinking critically like they once were. And hopefully we're able to give them a well-rounded view of the full story. And that's why it's, I just really appreciate you taking the time this morning to talk to me because it allows us oh, to no see problem. both sides of the story. And that's the thing whilst you're, I mean, I agree with you fully. I do believe that there is a strong social contagion element mm. with the current gender ideology. The statistics are there. Traditionally, it is more likely for uh, there to be a male to female transition whereas now those numbers have completely inverted and it's almost that, like well, that's, that's a, right. a social um, contagion. Females that want to be guys mm -hmm. um, are a couple of orders of magnitude more unusual and so there's very good biological reasons for that. 
you know, because the default condition of, of humans is female. Chromosomes aren't the whole story. And without a prod in the womb, everyone would come out female, mm. you know. That's an idea that I think a lot of men sort of bridle at somewhat. Um, but it's a biological fact, you know. You know, guys are, guys are girls with alterations. <laughs> it was just putting it fairly bluntly. But sometimes the process of making a boy is incomplete or mm. sometimes absent altogether. Mm. And um, you get people like me, but it doesn't happen very often. No. You know, it's, it's just a genetic accident. The problem is, of course, that it's it's heritable because um, my daughter or my daughters carry my X chromosome because I only have one as far as I know. They got one from their mother and one from me because they're double X, so they're girls. Um, but the problem is they also inherit my X with those lazy androgen receptor genes. They can pass that on to their male children. You know, I hope it's milled out. I don't know. We'll see. Mm, exactly. And it's all about this greater understanding. So, look, thank you so much for giving us your time because I think that this is really important perspective. It is actually important to hear the, mm. another side of a story. Welcome, it's, it's good to know that somebody's, somebody's onto it and is saying something about it. You know, if, if, if ever I can help, you've got my number, just, just ring me. Oh, problem. Catherine, that you're an absolute gem. I thank you so much. <laughs> I really do appreciate it. Do stay tuned with us here at Counterculture on Reality Check Radio. We've got more I great will. content to come. Woke Word of the Week and, of course, Marty with Media Matters all here on Reality Check Radio. You're listening to Counterculture on RCR. Reality Check Radio.